This is AutoLine Daily, reporting on all aspects of the global automotive industry. In a stunning development yesterday, General Motors filed a racketeering lawsuit against Fiat Chrysler. GM accused the late Sergio Marchione, the former CEO of FCA, of bribing UAW officials to get better labor contracts. GM says that gave FCA lower labor costs, which put GM at a competitive disadvantage, which cost it billions of dollars. Under a RICO, or racketeering lawsuit, GM can sue for three times its damages. Well, here's our Autoline Insight. Even though GM did not say how much money it would sue for, we suspect that it will sue for billions. SCA has $15.9 billion in cash right now, and if that's the target of this lawsuit, it could financially cripple FCA and could even put its proposed merger with Peugeot in danger. At the very least, this lawsuit will hurt FCA's bargaining power with Peugeot in negotiating a deal. And FCA says it's astonished by the lawsuit, considers it meritless, and says it will fight it vigorously. Even so, both FCA's and Peugeot's stock drop sharply on the news. You know, some people may wonder why GM is not suing the UAW over this corruption. We think there are two reasons. First, it could absolutely paralyze operations at the union, which would in turn hinders GM's ability to operate its plants efficiently. Secondly, the U.S. Department of Justice is likely to go after the UAW on racketeering charges, so there's no need for GM to pile on. Meanwhile, Gary Jones, the president of the UAW, resigned yesterday, just as the union's executive board voted unanimously to expel him. Jones is accused of stealing $1.5 million from the UAW. And what is going on in the auto industry? There just seems to be so much corruption. Now Germany is fining BMW, Volkswagen, and Daimler 100 million euros for forming a steel cartel. Regulators accused the automakers of regularly meeting with steelmakers and processors to collude on setting steel prices. That live-streamed extravaganza that Ford threw to publicly unveil the Mustang Mach-E sure generated a lot of attention. At its peak, 140,000 people watched live on social media. Yesterday, Ford told us it generated over 6.3 million views, but that number keeps growing. Ford told us 637,000 people watched on YouTube, but as of this morning, the number was over 900,000 and is probably headed to a million. The unveil also generated views on Twitter and 450,000 on Facebook. We asked Ford how many people have put down a $500 deposit on the Mach-E, and as soon as they tell us, we'll tell you. And of course, there's another big reveal taking place tonight in LA, when Elon Musk pulls the wraps off Tesla's new pickup truck, the so-called Cybertruck. No doubt that will also generate massive views on social media. But speaking of the Mach-E, 
That's what AutoLine After Hours is all about this afternoon. We have Dave Parasek, who oversaw the development of the vehicle, and Chris Walter, who headed up design of the exterior coming on the show. We'll be talking about why Ford decided to make it a Mustang and how they went about making sure it would drive like one. Eric Noble from the Car Lab, EV expert John Volker, and Bob Gritzinger from Ward's Intelligence will also be on the program. You know, we've been warning that all these electric cars are going to cost a lot of jobs because EVs use fewer components, which means you don't need as many workers to build them. So it comes as no surprise that the German supplier Continental will cut 5,000 jobs involved in ICE components by 2028. The job losses will come from several plants in Germany, Italy, and the U.S. And this is just the beginning. Look for a long list of automakers and suppliers to announce job cuts over the coming decade. The finalists for 2020 North American Car, Utility, and Truck of the Year were revealed. So, without any further ado, here are the finalists. The Chevrolet Corvette Stingray, Hyundai Sonata, and Toyota Supra are battling for Car of the Year. The Utility of the Year finalists are the Hyundai Palisade, Kia Telluride, and Lincoln Aviator. And the Ford Ranger, Jeep Gladiator, and Ram Heavy Duty are the truck finalists. The winners will be revealed on January 13th in Detroit. Let us know who you think wins in the comments. Hyundai had a number of auto show reveals. Let's start with the Ionic. The hybrid, plug-in hybrid, and electric versions all receive updated interior and exterior styling, as well as new technology features. But the big changes of note are with the electric. Battery sized increased from 28 kilowatt hours to 38.3 kilowatt hours, and range went from 124 miles to 170 miles. The company also took the wraps off the SUV concept it teased last week. Called the Vision T, it's a plug-in hybrid, but unfortunately, no powertrain details were shared. This is more of a design showcase, but it does include one interesting feature. When the vehicle is stationary, the grill is closed, but when it's in motion, each individual cell of the grill moves in a prescribed sequence. Not only does it provide a unique design effect, it's also functional and helps optimize the vehicle's aerodynamics. Lastly, Hyundai showed a sports car prototype called the RM19. It's a mid-engine, rear-drive sports car that has a 390-horsepower, 2-liter, turbocharged 4-cylinder mated to a 6-speed gearbox. Hyundai says the RM19 is a development platform for future end-brand products, including a potential halo car. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Lincoln decided it's time for its dealers to update their stores, and here's the architectural design it wants them to follow. Featuring white materials offset by black accents, long and low horizontal lines, and plenty of glass. And note the EV charger out front that is stylized to look like the Lincoln logo, or some may say... Tesla superchargers. The Mercedes GLS is already a very nice vehicle, but now it's even more luxurious. 
Maybach put its own unique touches on the large SUV, which includes heaps of chrome, big wheels and tires, vertical bars in the grille, and a mesh pattern over the lower air inlets. That's not luxurious enough? Electronically deploying and illuminated running boards welcome passengers into the cabin. There, you'll find sheets of high-grade leather and wood, large infotainment screen and instrument cluster, and all the seats are electronically adjustable, heated, ventilated, and equipped with massage functions, and that comes as standard. Under the hood is a 4-liter V8 that makes 550 horsepower and is matched with a 48-volt mild hybrid system. The Maybach GLS goes from 0 to 60 in an estimated 4.8 seconds, but it likely feels much slower thanks to its aromatic suspension that's been tuned for maximum ride comfort. This luxuriously big SUV goes on sale in the U.S. in the second half of next year. And here's more info on Kia's newest small CUV, the Seltos. In the U.S., it will be powered by either a 2-liter non-turbo or a 1.6-liter turbo four-cylinder engine. The 2-liter makes 146 horsepower and is mated to a CVT, while the 1.6-liter makes 175 horsepower and gets a 7-speed DCT. All-wheel drive is also an option. Moving to the interior, and depending on the trim level, customers can choose from a 3.5-inch or 7-inch instrument cluster and have the option for a 10.25-inch display with Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, as well as a host of driver assistance technology. The Seltos goes on sale in the first quarter of next year in the U.S. Complete pricing will come out later, but Kia says the lowest trim line with all-wheel drive will start under $22,000. That's it for today. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.